Hey everybody, it's the Whamcast. It's the Washington Academy of Music podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm Rick. And today we're going to be talking to Michael Partington, who is a classical guitarist. He's traveled all around the world and actually lived in Seattle for a while, so that's pretty cool. He still does. Oh, he still does? Yeah. I thought he, well, he oh, must no. just be on the road then. Uh, he's on, Michael is on the road almost all the time. Okay. Matter of fact, uh, our last appointment for a podcast that we tried to do um, because we had to change the date. Michael was actually on his way to Canada, which is not all that far away, but yeah. you know, it's a big place, but he makes regular trips to uh, England and I mean, this is a multitude of places. Michael is a busy player and not only is, does he live in Seattle, he is the director of the guitar program at none other than the University of Washington. Michael. Hello. Michael. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, I think this is coming through pretty nice. So you, you can hear us Thank okay? You. Yep. All right. Perfect. How's it going, Michael? This is Tim. Tim. Hi. How you doing? Good. I don't think you met Tim. I don't think he was here last time you were here. No. Yeah. No, no I wasn't. Yeah. And he won't be here at the next concert. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm sorry. He's out of town. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay, Michael. Thanks for joining us today for our our Whamcast. It's nice to be able to hook up with you or or get with you on here because uh, I know you travel quite a bit and you're really busy. Yeah. And I so I'm going to jump down to one of the lower questions on here on on my list, and that is, what are the requirements to get into the guitar program at the UW? Huh. Well. Um, I'd- a deep love and admiration for the art of the classical guitar, I guess. <laughs> it's a paramount importance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're, there's a couple of different options for a degree at the University of Washington. There's a performance degree and then there's a Bachelor of Arts in Music. Um, so if you're wanting to pursue the, the performance degree, that's really, you know, considered professional training. Um, so when you enter the university, you need to have you know, a good deal of experience on the instrument and a reasonably well-developed technique uh, and repertoire is ideal, you know, because you have, you only have four years. Four years might seem like a long time, but, you know, in the development of, of an instrument, uh, it's not that long. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, having, you know, bringing quite a lot to the table at that point is, is quite important. To do the uh, Bachelor of Arts, the requirements, as far as performing on the instrument are not as high. Um, so uh, that level of experience um, is not required. Uh, but uh, but I still, you know, I like to see students that have been taking private lessons that, you know, have a good understanding of technique uh, and really are playing music well. I think that's the most important thing you know, for professionals and amateurs, no matter what you play, you ought to be playing it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And, you know, a lot of people feel inspired or motivated to play music that's quite difficult and often beyond their level. Um, and, you know, while that challenge can be very inspiring, I think ultimately finding pleasure in, you know, music that's a, perhaps easier to play for whatever your level is, um, you know, that enables you to play it 
extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's really what I try to do um, with students who come in. It's what I'm looking for in students who are auditioning. Uh, you know, people who are able to to polish their performance well, um, play within the capabilities of their technique, nice. uh, and really really communicate the essence of the music. Right. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, one question I like to ask, uh, even students, you know, my students, uh, but especially performers, you know, what, what is it that actually brought you to the guitar? And I think I asked you that last year when, when you were over here, but I think it's a great topic. What, why, why did you decide to play the guitar? Well, <clears throat> I started when I was very young. Um, I started when I was six. Uh, apparently, I wanted to start when I was five. Um, but <laughs> I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> yeah. And my recollection is that I wanted to play rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd seen people on television and back in those days, uh, anybody who was playing popular music was playing guitar. So I, that's my memory of what, what attracted me to the instrument in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother told me that actually, um, we had a, we had a piano teacher who lived on a street when I was a kid growing up. And my brother, who was two years older than me, uh, he was taking piano lessons. And, you know, this, uh, this teacher was, um, he was a very mean teacher and would, mm. would regularly beat my brother with a stick <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> for making mistakes. And so my response was that I had to find some instrument other than the piano because otherwise my parents would make me take lessons. This guy. Um, <laughs> That's a good I one. I became fixated, and I, I I don't remember those details, but I clearly remember the guy. Um, well, you know, so, guitar is small enough that you could probably fight back with it if you needed to. So, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> really, that is, that's always a consideration. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that was that was what I was interested in, and I I started taking classical lessons right away. Um, the principal, the headmaster, as we call it, of the school where I was, played classical guitar, and I started taking lessons with him right away. And I don't, I mean, I honestly don't think at that age I really, you know, understood that there that these sort of differences between different styles of music, as far as I was concerned, I was playing music on the guitar, and that was great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it was really a few years before I realized that, you know, there were these different styles, and I was playing one style, and, you know, rock and roll was a different style, but it, but by that point it just didn't really didn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. I was I was playing music and really enjoying doing it, uh, so that's why I stuck at it. Ah, interesting, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Now, are yeah. you on the road right now, or are you at home? Uh, no, actually, I'm I'm at I'm at home. I'm just sort of in between things, uh, which is nice. I've had a very busy few months um, with a lot of. Uh, different things going on. Um, Mm -hmm. Starting back in the fall, I was playing with Seattle Opera um, and they were doing Barbara Seville, which uh, includes a guitar part. Rossini wrote a part for the guitar. There's two arias where the guitar plays. uh, The first one with the orchestra. Um, The second one is just guitar and tenor. And typically the guitarist will play from the pit and they'll have somebody on stage, the Figaro character usually is, you know, pretending to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I did this show with Seattle Opera several years ago, and they had me on stage for this one aria. You know, there was 
sort of a setup that I happened to be a musician passing by and, and Figaro corralled me into playing for the count, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. was uh, great, great fun, great experience, really, really enjoyable. So when they contacted me again to do this show, I was, uh, you know, very excited at the prospect. But this production, which was very different, um, I was involved in uh, a couple of other pieces. Um, one where I actually took, the, instead of the orchestra playing, I played. Uh, and then right at the end in the finale, I was on stage playing along with the orchestra. Nice. I was also in a, I was even in a scene where I wasn't playing. Um, so I was quite heavily involved um, by comparison uh, with the previous production. And, and it was great fun, but it was really, uh, it was quite a challenge, I'll be honest, having to act. <laughs> yeah. not, not my forte. Uh, and I was playing, you know, the parts that I was playing uh, were not written down. I mean, the parts that Rossini wrote for the opera, um, they aren't really playable as they're written. They have to be edited a little bit. Um, Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a challenge for me. I'm so used to playing music that's written down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 what I do. Right. And to memorize music, and I you know that I could not really see. Um, you know, this is a fundamental thing, obviously, for most styles of playing, rock and roll, jazz, all of that stuff. You know, guitarists typically, if any of it's written down, they're always doing more than is written down. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm always doing what's on the page. Right. Um, so it was quite a challenge for me to to come up with that music and then to memorize it and then to be thinking about, well, you know, I'm supposed to be standing at this point on the stage and now I've got to move over here and do this. And, you know, it was, uh, it was fun, but it was really, uh, it was a, took, took a lot of, uh, took a lot of effort on my part. That's a, yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good story. Very I mean, enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, I mean, I've often thought about that, that particular opera and what, what a guitar player would have to do and, but you actually got to go on stage, so that's really neat. Really neat. Yeah. 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 And dress up in a very bright red suit. I, w- I wasn't going to ask you that. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got to do the rock and roll thing after all. You did. Kind of, actually. Somebody pointed out. And I had a very kind of Spanish style hat that uh, evidently made me look a little bit like Stevie Ray <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. Playing with. That would be. Uh, so I went from, go ahead. So I went from that. I was then doing. I had some solo concerts. I was playing. Uh, playing a duo with Mark Tyshultz from San Francisco, um, and we had a couple of concerts in November. Um, then December, I premiered a new concerto by Stephen Goss, the um, Welsh composer that I'm very good friends with. I played some solo pieces by him. Uh, he's written a couple of things for me. And this new concerto for guitar and wind instruments, um, which turned out to be, uh, I think it's a great piece. Uh, performance went really well. It was quite a quite a challenge to put that together um, because of the other commitments I had. It was a challenge to learn a brand new piece uh, while I was trying to work on other things as well. Mm-hmm. So that ended up being a, being a little bit crammed at the last minute, but it was uh, but it, but it was great, great very successful um hoping that i'm going to get the opportunity to do that again quite soon right i mean that that would mean a, a very busy practice schedule uh, uh it was in fact um over thanksgiving weekend as my wife will attest <laughs> playing <laughs> playing a lot of this music over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again 
uh, you know, lots of, uh, Steve writes very well for the guitar. He makes the guitar sound really interesting. He's a guitarist himself, but he does not write in a particularly guitaristic way, mm-hmm. um, which makes it quite a challenge to learn. There were a lot of very complex rhythms. Um, and then of course, being part of an ensemble, there's a lot of things that you have to prepare for. Um, it's quite different to playing solo. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I'm not sure that I've ever worked as hard on anything um, in my life. So that was exciting to, to do that and then to, to see it come to, to uh, I think, quite a successful fruition. And in fact, my wife said after the concert, she was surprised at how good it sounded because she just <laughs> she heard me practicing it so much. Really? <laughs> like, wow, that was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it's that- and then I... That one piece right, that he ahead. that one piece that he wrote for you at Watch Chapel, I, I really enjoy that uh-huh. piece. That's a super piece. It's a really beautiful piece. Yeah, that I'm is. going to be playing that again. Uh, it's really yeah. That's a that's a lovely lovely piece, um, and uh, and much easier than the concerto was. I'll tell you that much for free. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, along those lines, what is your daily practice schedule? your normal daily practice schedule? Um, well, it really changes. You know, it just, it, it depends what I'm doing. And over the last, um, you know, six months with all these different projects going on, I've had a lot of music to learn. Um, in fact, as soon as I was done with the, with Steve's concerto, uh, I had a program of Beethoven duos to prepare. Um, and I just got done with, uh, some concerts playing those with Alex Dunn, guitarist from uh, Victoria, B.C. Um, some fabulous pieces that he's unearthed, uh, old arrangements by contemporaries of Beethoven from that time. Hmm. Um, and I was playing uh, six regular six-string, but we were playing period instruments. So I was playing an old, um, an old romantic guitar and also an eight-string guitar which I'd never done before. So mm. learning my way around the eight string was quite a challenge. Um, so depending on, you know, what I've got to do, if I've got new music to learn, then I have to spend a lot of time on that. Um, I've got repertoire to maintain, you know, my solo program, um, and I'm playing intermittently in amongst all these other projects. So that takes a certain amount of maintenance. Um, so that, yeah, the daily schedule changes, you know, on a on a regular basis um right and i try to map things out as much as possible sometimes you know learning a new piece requires a great deal of um intense effort resurrecting an old piece will take less time but you know requires a certain amount of um certain amount of preparation i'm playing the rodrigo's ironworth concerto in may and, you know, I need to start thinking about where I'm going to plug that into my practice schedule because that's a piece that, you know, I've played many times, but it's not a piece that you can, or at least that I can prepare in a short space of time. So I need to start working that into my schedule. Otherwise, I'll suddenly find myself in the middle of April and realize <laughs> yeah. stay up all night practicing scales. Right. Um, uh, so there's, yeah, kind of a lot, there's a lot of long range planning, um, the way that I like to maintain repertoire. I, I, you know, I kind of practice everything every day. So I have to make myself a schedule, make sure that I'm allotting a reasonable amount of time to all the different things and, and sort of keep track of it. 
you know, as the weeks go by, mm-hmm. I make myself up a schedule and two or three weeks later realize that, you know, something is maybe not where I want it to be. Then I've got to change that schedule to fit more time in for that. So it's constantly uh, in a state of flux, basically. Yeah, yeah. which, uh, you know, actually, actually suits me quite well. I don't really like a, you know, I don't like the schedule to be too mundane or repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, right. so mixing things up like that seems to suit me, um, or at least I seem, seem to be okay with it, but it'd be nice to get up one day and think, huh, what shall I do today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting from my standpoint, you know, I can tell you that pieces that I played when I, you know, many, many years ago that I've resurrected and decided to play again. Mm-hmm. For me, it's almost harder because I, I'm I'm different. You know, my approach to the piece is different. I see more that's there, yeah. and it's yeah. really difficult to go in and for me to change a fingering that I played oh, for sure. years. You know, it's 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 almost worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's also. I mean, that's an interesting thing too. And revisiting a piece that you haven't played for a long time, and you do get a new perspective. But it's also, I mean, I've, sometimes I find that very helpful. You know, there is always a danger, I think, when you play a piece for a long time, you know, you become almost too familiar with it and don't necessarily, you know, you, it, it's harder to concentrate when something is that old. Mm-hmm. And if there's, you know, if you found new ways of doing things, then that's a way, you know, I've often found that's a way actually to stay really engaged with it um, so it can be a can be a positive thing, but I yeah know exactly what you mean. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be working on a piece, and I'll play through it, and I'll stop and think. Now, did I, I did I just play that the old way, or did I play it the new way? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Uh, and well, usually, if if I don't remember, I've probably done it the old way. So right. I need to go back. Right. Well, they, yeah. They, what, yeah. What's What's funny is to get half or get halfway through the passage or the piece and realize you didn't do what you intended to do. You did what you used to do. Right. And then it's too late. (laughs) It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you, uh, I I have listened to, you know, some great guitarists over the years. Uh, of course, John Williams, Segovia, I mean, you know, Bream, all the guys. And I've, I've gotten honestly where I really don't listen to or purchase, uh, performances of the standard repertoire like Albanas and Defaya. If it if it's if it's on a, a CD, I usually don't get it because, you know, it's been played so much. But I have to tell you that I listened to your CD, and I'm not kidding you, that what is it? Por, por Caminos de Santiago? Yeah, Caminos de Santiago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's that's all standard repertoire, I do believe. And yeah. I, I have to tell you, Michael, uh, I, I, this this CD you're playing is honestly, in my opinion, is is the definitive version of these pieces. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous playing. Wow, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. You bet. Um, that's very kind. I mean, I think well, it's interesting. So when I was starting to play professionally, you know, when I was just sort of finishing up in college, I was. I was really trying to find an identity as a player. I think it's very important 
for people who, who want to become players that they form some kind of identity, something that separates them, you know, from everybody else. And there is, as you say, there's a lot of the standard repertoire that I think it's, it's probably better to stay away from, you know, because if you're just another guy playing Asturias, you know, there's a hundred versions out there and mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't separate you out. It's difficult for you to find your own kind of unique way. So initially I was trying to find music that was um, less well-known. And part of my motivation too, was I felt there was a lot of great music that had been neglected. And so I wanted to bring that to light. But then, um, you know, after quite a while, I had, you know, stayed specifically, I'd stayed away from Albanus for a long time because it just felt like, you know, everybody was playing it and, and nobody really needed to listen to me play it. And I just reached a point where I said, you know what, I just, I really want to play this music. I really miss it. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. I played it when I was younger mm-hmm. and it's great music and, and there's no reason not to play it. So I, I got back to playing it and that CD ended up being a lot of music that I just loved for years, but not played because I felt like I didn't really have anything fresh to say with it. But, um, but then I came to the realization that I, that I think I do have something fresh to say what I've added. And it's not that, you know, my interpretations are not dramatically different to anybody else's, but I wanted, you know, I just felt like I wanted to say something a little bit different to everybody else. You know, when I play a piece of music, um, I really try to find what satisfies me entirely. And, and, you know, if it's a piece, um, for example, that Bream's recorded, you know, Bream is a fantastic guitarist. He's one of my great interpretive, you know, musical heroes. But sure, there are things that he does that I disagree with. It's like, well, you know, I wouldn't have done it that way myself. So when I do when I make a recording or I prepare a piece of performance, it, you know, I want everything to be the way I do it. And even if, you know, bits of it are, I hope, going to sound like Bream, bits of it are going to, I hope, sound like Eduardo Fernandez or, you know, any any number of guitarists that I think are great musical interpreters. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, the whole version is, is going to be me. Um, and that CD was an attempt for me to, to try to do that, to just say, look, I love this music, but I just, you know, I want to do it my way. Um, and yeah, well, it's, I'm very, that's very kind of you to say that. It oh, sounds like I, it sounds like I succeeded. So that's good. You did. Yeah. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I, I have listened, you know, I'm, I've played for years. I've listened to tons of things and, uh, that it was just a great C. I mean, they're all, they're all great, but that, that one because of that it, it was just uh overwhelmingly fabulous i really i really well, liked it you. yeah you bet thank you hey let me ask you uh what guitar are you using now well right now i just uh have a brand new guitar from uh marshall brunet yeah. who is uh i don't know if you know who mm-hmm. he's the son of richard brunet yeah yeah uh, you know richard's a long time maker and collector and authority on guitars and, and his son marshall um, is, uh, I think just doing some fantastic work. Uh, I just was kind of bought on a little, little bit of a whim. Uh, I've been playing, um, pretty modern instruments for quite a long time. Um, 
double top guitars mostly from uh, Martin Blackwell, Canadian maker, and Kenny Hill, American builder. And, you know, I've been playing the, their guitars for about 10 years, and uh, there's lots about that modern sound that I like, but but I think at heart I like the traditional sound of a guitar more. Mm-hmm. I have an Antonio Marin um, guitar from Granada that is just I think is just a beautiful instrument, um, but it's a it's a little bit precious to me. I suppose I'm a little worried about anything happening to it, mm. um, yeah. so I don't like to travel with it. Uh, and I wanted to, to find a guitar that would give me that traditional sound, um, but I would feel happy to take on the road. And I had heard um, from Mark Teicholz actually had just played one of Marshall's guitars, and just really knocked out by it. And we were talking on the phone about it. And I happened to be at the Guild of American Lutheus Festival uh, in Tacoma this past summer. Marshall was there. I got to know him a little bit and uh, ordered the guitar. Just uh, just got it at the beginning of December. Hmm. And uh, that's, I think it's going to be great. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'll be bringing it with me. So you'll get to hear great. it in a few weeks. Time. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's exciting. It's interesting to go sort of back to this more kind of old world sound. Um, but I think that's where my, I think that's where my heart lies. So I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Michael, thank you for meeting with us today, doing a podcast. Uh, we look forward to taking the, taking your time just to chat with us. And, um, everybody is excited that you're going to be coming down here and, performing for us um i am excited i won't be there i'm sorry about that again <laughs> oh, i'm just going to keep coming back until you are there. okay so perfect okay. Good, good well you'll have to you'll have we'll have to have you over when comic con's not going on yeah Tim, that's uh, Tim makes it uh, I see. yeah <laughs> yeah but uh yeah we're looking forward to it and uh you know we'll we'll do the dinner thing if you want and uh yeah, yeah it all yeah. sounds good all right well, I'm, I know you're you're a busy man, obviously, so we'll let you get back at it, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks. Thanks, All right. guys. You bet. Thanks, Michael. Take care. Bye.